so sit back in your favorite chair, chair, grab a drink, unbuckle those pants, and relax. And let Ryan Hallam and Steve Weapon rock your socks off on the Fighting Chance Fantasy Show. We've been through so much bullshit just to be here tonight to rock your fucking socks off. And all we ask in return is so precious little. All we're asking you to do is drop trowel and squeeze out a Cleveland steamer on my chest. Two, three, It is Thursday, it is 10 o'clock, and we are actually starting on time. It is the Fighting Chance Fantasy Show. Thank you for tuning in for an hour of fantasy football greatness. And of course, the show wouldn't be great without my co-host and friend, Steve Rappin. Steve, uh, the fourth ring of hell is uh, dawning upon New York this weekend. Uh, I know you're in Michigan, but uh, you uh, you looking at the same temperatures we're about to look at? Oh, we, uh, we were supposed to have a horse show that we were going to go to this weekend. And the heat indexes were supposed to be up in the 105, 110 range, temperatures in the 90s. And so we ended up canceling for the oh. sake of the horses. So you, you know how I love to get dirty. And, and so um, now I get to stay in the air conditioning a little nice. bit this weekend. So, yes, we are going through our own heat wave here in Michigan as well. For those of you who aren't uh, necessarily maybe been listening to a show in a long time, when Steve talks about getting dirty, this is a man who eats boneless wings, which I always call chicken chunks, with a fork and knife because he doesn't want to get his fingers dirty. So uh, that that liking to get dirty was certainly uh, sarcastic. You know, but the only thing that I'm held out on is ribs. And there's still occasion where I might peel it off with a fork and eat it that way. But ribs I still do eat, you know, picking it up and eating it off the bone. But, yes, if I'm going to eat food... I want to eat it like a gentleman. I don't want to have it all over my hands. Yeah. I don't want to have it all over my face. I will eat it with a fork, and I will eat it like a gentleman. So that's just what I do. I'm sorry. The funny thing is, you know what? Ribs I will eat with. I will cut the meat off a rib with a fork and knife. So that's very weird. That. <laughs> and so you give me a hard time about chicken chunks, but yet when you eat ribs, you eat them with a knife and fork. You know what? You are, it's the, a... biggest, you are the biggest hypocrite I've ever met. Ribs life, to me yeah. is weird. I really like ribs, but it's a lot of work for not a lot of payoff. You know, they don't tend to have the most meat on them. And the other thing that kind of weirds me out is, and you know what? I, I'm way closer to being a meat meatitarian than a vegetarian. I, I would much rather only eat meat than, than be a vegetarian. But just eating just... The, yeah. It's called a rib. Like, you know what you're eating. It's the fucking rib. So just, like, stick that in my mouth and just slather the meat off, it seems a little barbaric to me. Would you rather not know what you're eating in a thing like a hot dog or bologna yes. or something like that? Well, I know the hot dogs and bologna is pretty much just, like, the lips and ass of the pig. Like, it's the worst possible uh, parts. It's, it's the, you know, the most disgusting because it's just kind of like a... Uh, even the good stuff, like the Hebrew Nationals and the Nathans and and those are, are still, it's not like the good stuff. But yes, I'd rather not know what I'm eating. But, but you know, wings and, and like, you know, 
steaks and all that. Like I don't, I know it's animal, but something about the rib just makes it a little extra barbaric for me. I like to walk by pigs and rub their ribs and say, you're going to be in my belly coming up here shortly. Every time I see a pig, I rub his belly just for that reason. You're like, get in, but put some barbecue sauce on you. Oh, yes. So, we are going to actually start the show in just a couple minutes, and of course we have one of the, our favorite. Wait a minute, we haven't started the show yet? I mean, not. I, I know, I didn't hit the go button. That was a... Once we start talking, to me, that's starting the show. We are going to have one of our best friends uh, on the show tonight, Joe Galena of uh, the FNTSY Network, also does some work over at Fantasy Alarm. He's going to join us in just a minute or two. Just sent him over the link to join us, so we were looking forward to talking to Joe. Uh, and you know, it dawned on me, Steve, like, we're two weeks away from August. Like, we're not that far away from the preseason. I know some camps are opening, and uh, man, it, it's going to... Unfortunately, because it does kind of signal the end of summer, but this season is going to come up on us in a hurry. Here's what's going to happen. You wait all year for the season to get here, and now the next, say, six weeks are just going to be rapid fire. So you better keep up with all the news. You better keep up with all the changes that's going on. Um, And, of course, Ryan and I can help you keep up with all those changes. But, yeah, it's going to be a whirlwind these next six weeks until the season starts. Is it six weeks or seven weeks? I don't know. Don't quote me on that. I guess I shouldn't say six weeks, but I'm just rounding off. Yeah, math hasn't exactly been your strong suit over our time together. No. No, I'm more of a a reader instead of an adder or subtractor. Or a rib eater just, you know, (laughs) Oh, no, I teach etiquette class at school. Etiquette (laughs) and English. Math, that you guys could do without. There you go. Uh, so the fishbowl, we talked last week with Michael Stepney in the middle of all of our fishbowl drafts. Mine is officially over. I believe yours is officially over as well. Uh, and so now we can like kind of move on to the rest of the season. Uh, we're going to talk... We're going to talk to Joe about some players that he selected, but I, we, uh, I've made the questions, or we've made the questions kind of a, a season-long uh, spin, as, as, you know, like I said last week with Mike, not everybody's in the fishbowl, so nobody's not necessarily going to care if we talk about it, but uh, it's very interesting to see how all the drafts played out. We have some news to talk about after Joe uh, is done, and one, I, you know, a guy I saw drafted late a lot, and, and we didn't plan on talking about this, but... Uh, you know, remember a couple weeks ago with all the Todd Gurley stuff? We're like, oh, Todd Gurley this and Todd Gurley that. And I said, yeah, we don't know. None of it was really news. It was it was people, uh, you know, conjecturing or putting things out that, that sites picked up and called it news. And a lot of it is The Athletic. There's another one today. Uh, a popular late-round pick was Jalen Richard of the, the Oakland Raiders. And now a, a gentleman off The Athletic has come out and says he expects Jalen Richard to lose a good chunk of his receiving work to rookie Josh Jacobs. Jacobs has quickly become a, a very, I, I feel like I use this word a lot, polarizing player. I, I see some people who absolutely love him, picking him in the third round of redraft leagues, the first round of, of dynasty leagues, and there's others who just think he's an absolute, well not, I can't say bum, but he's not going to live up to the hype. Uh, I, personally, I think he's going to be given every opportunity to succeed in Oakland. Uh, you know, they used one of their 32 first-round picks on him, uh, and why not? I mean, who else on the team is, is going to do it? Obviously, Doug Martin sucks, 
and uh, Richard is not a, a, an every down back. So I, I do kind of think whether he's successful or not, I'm not sure. Uh, but I do think that Jacobs is going to be given every opportunity to succeed. Oh, and I think so too. Here's the main thing to, to realize with Josh Jacobs is while he was at Alabama, they had a stable running back. So Josh Jacobs was never asked to be that 15 to 20 carry guy um, over the course of a game, over the course of a season. They, I mean, they, they went three and four running backs, four running backs deep at, at um, Alabama. So the key is going to be, can he withhold the workload that they are, are um, you know, kind of prescribing what he's going to do this year? To me, uh, it remains to be seen, but I don't think he's going to. You see a lot of rookies, especially if they give it to him at the beginning of the year, by weeks 12, 13, 14, they start to slow down quite a bit. They hit that rookie wall. So to me, what I would rather see is them ease him into the season and try to keep him fresh all season long because he's not used to the wear and tear um, of a full down, you know, full time every day down back in the NFL. Yet, well, college, yet alone the NFL, I should say. So, I, I, for the sake of Josh Jacobs, hope that it isn't necessarily true and he's going to be a workhorse back. I think he will be more productive if they can limit his touches and, and you know, maybe give him, um, you know, don't get me wrong, he's got very good hands and he's a good receiver in the game, but just kind of limit his touches so that he can still be effective throughout the whole season. Yeah, I believe if, if they didn't lose Isaiah Crowell, uh, that may have been more of the plan. But now with just really Martin behind him, I think that kind of limits their their ability to do that too much. We'll see. Uh, every every once in a while, Doug Martin actually pops up and is actually halfway reasonable. But uh, he's, he's no one that I've really had faith in in quite a long time. So we'll see. It, Jacobs is going to be a very interesting character. Uh, I have not drafted him in any draft that I've done this year and honestly I don't know that I've even come close yet so you know at his ADP which I'm not sure if you have up uh, right away yeah actually I, I was just looking at it his ADP is in the fantasy football calculator um, 32nd overall round three pick eight yeah. is where he's going right now um, run, actually it's running back oh it's no, that's not running back 32. I can sort by that. But anyways, he's going at the in the middle of the third round. Okay. I feel like that's around more than I, I'd be willing to give at this point. Well, a lot will change, but that's how I feel today. We like to do the either-ors, and we talked, what was it, two weeks ago when we had John Lallabon about David Montgomery? Yes. Would you rather have Josh Jacobs in the third or David Montgomery in the fourth? Both are about the middle of the round. So let's just say one round later. I'm really kind of starting to, like, the last week I'm really starting to come around to David Montgomery. Uh, you remember you and I were, were texting uh, a couple days ago, and, and I told you I almost picked him in the fourth round of the fishbowl. Uh, after I took Baker Mayfield in the third, and I thought that was a little dangerous. I'm like, ooh, maybe I'll just take David Montgomery in the fourth and really be dangerous. And uh, you, you chastised me about even thinking about that. Uh I think Jacobs has much less competition on the team. Uh, you know, not that Cohen is is an uh, an every down back, and I'm not really all that confident in Mike Davis e- either. Uh, I think Montgomery is probably more talented NFL ready. Jacobs has a little more opportunity uh, for volume, but I think if I had to make that decision right now, I think I'm going to say Montgomery. 
here's one thing that that I want to say. I, and I think I'm Josh Jacobs. I think I'm going to chase the upside with that because I think Tariq Cohn will still play a, a large role in the offense. And I think Mike Davis will have a little role in that Chicago Bears offense too. So I think Jacobs will be given a little bit more opportunity to shine. But here's what I want to say when it comes to draft structure. I don't have a problem with taking Jacobs in the third or Montgomery in the fourth. But what you may want to do is you may want to start balancing your draft with some guys that maybe give you a little bit more consistency. So if, if you have some big question marks with those two, maybe follow them up with uh, Julian Edelman or someone like that, that in a PPR league is going to be about as safe as they come. Um, you know, one of the guys like that, instead of going with a Brandon Cooks, go with a, a Robert Woods, who's a little bit, might not have the high weak that Cooks has, but on a weekly basis, he's a little bit more consistent. So try to balance your team with a few risks and a few safe spots, and I think you're going to be happy with how your draft turns out. Man, Mr. Uh, Swing for the Fences, given a little uh, reasonable uh, uh, advice. I like it. Well, I should say to each his own when it comes to draft strategy, and that's one thing where Ryan and I differ. Ryan is a little bit more of a conservative drafter, whereas I'm a, a guy that's willing to take more, you know, take more risks. So I, I try to balance kind of our information in the middle somewhere a little bit. So if I take two risks, maybe you want to take two safe guys, whereas if I take two safe guys, I might take four risks. Who knows? It, it, it just depends on your own personal preference, to be honest with you. Well, I think we've done enough of our rambling uh, for a little while. Let's bring on our guest. Uh, you know him. You love him. You've heard him on this show many times. He's looking quite dapper in his Fighting Chance Fantasy t-shirt tonight. Uh, you can find him on Twitter, at Joe Galena. Let's bring on Joe Galena. How are you tonight, my friend? Doing great. Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Well, Man, we, we are always happy to have you in the Fighting Chance Steve has entered the robot machine. <laughs> Stop talking, Steve. We can't hear you. <laughs> it actually sounds pretty cool. It does actually sound. Steve, we... Some movies in the, in the box office contest here? Steve, we, we pretty much didn't hear anything you just said. You, we had a little technical difficulty there, so I have no idea what you just said to Joe. All right, and I think we lost them. All right, so we're going to continue on, Joe. Thank you for joining us. Uh, while we wait for Steve to come back, why don't you take a minute to tell everybody where we can find you uh, on the net as far as writing and listening and all that good stuff. Well, very happy uh, that I joined uh, Fantasy Alarm. Uh, Howard Bren uh, Bender uh, brought me uh, on, and I've been uh, doing some baseball articles for them uh, since April, I do a weekly column that comes out every Friday, uh, Streets and Trends. Also, have been doing for the past uh, month and a half now, they're a hitting coach a couple of days a week uh, for their DFS uh, coverage. So, uh, loving that. Also, you could find me at uh, FNTSY Radio. Uh, I do a show on Saturday <coughs> and Sunday mornings, 9 a.m. and uh, 9 to 12. So, uh, yeah, and maybe, uh, you know, look around, just follow me at Joe Galina. Never know where I'll pop up, uh, you know, throw, throw an article around here and there. Well, I just heard Steve cough as if he was getting a physical at the doctor, so I think he might be jumped back with us. Steve, are you with us? I am. Can you hear me now? Yes, now we can yeah, hear you. Yeah, yeah. 
Perfect. I was having an internet problem 10 minutes before the show, so in panic, I switched over to the hotspot on my phone, hoping that, that it's still the same quality. So I'm hoping that that doesn't happen again, but no guarantees, guys. I'm sorry about that. No, it should be fine. <laughs> All right, so... Honestly, I usually have nothing to bring to the conversation anyway. Nah, you don't sell yourself short, Steve. You're the man. I heard something about the box office. That was all I caught out of that whole thing that you said. Yeah, I'm done with that. I, <laughs> yeah, think, uh, I think I was like, uh, maybe, maybe top ten after this weekend, but now Lion King's going to blow everyone out of the water this week. I think so, but you, I don't know. Like, nothing has done really well. The only thing that really exceeded my expectations was Aladdin. Even Toy Story at 123 or whatever it came in was, was less than I thought it was going to be, so... We'll see. We'll see. I actually I'm... saw Toy Story. Did you guys see it? Steve saw it. He loved it. Yeah, yeah. Steve, what you think? I, I, uh, let me hear what you say first. I saw it in... Jesus uh, Christ. What, what I want to say is, to me, I had very low expectations because I really enjoyed the other ones. I think this one could be the best... Oh, no. Yeah. Am I out again? No, you're good. <laughs> Now we can, yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Keep talking. All right, now okay. we can hear. Let's try it one more test of the four, and it's one of the best movies I've seen in a while. Really? I'll say that. I thought it was Yeah, I loved it. I mean, I, I thought it was good, but I was disappointed. You know, I was surprised that I was disappointed, because every single one I've loved. And the third one, you know, uh, had me in tears at the end. Yeah, me too. With a lot of people, but... Uh, but uh, I was just a little disappointed. This one didn't get you choked up at the end a little bit? I don't do any spoilers, of course, but this didn't get you choked up just a little bit at the end? No. no. <laughs> you are a statue, Joe Galena. <laughs> Jesus. Maybe I'm just a big softie now at my old age. I don't well, know, like but I got, I got, got choked, choked up. up. Yeah, the third one choked me up, you know, when... Uh, what's the kid's name? When Andy. Going through, yeah, Andy was going through and talking about the special qualities of his individual toys, that really got to me, you know, so. It got me at the end when he was giving them to the other girl, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's, enough of talking about movies and crying at movies at kids' movies. (laughs) So we've come across (laughs) three very manly (laughs) men here. Let's get into some football. Some some football! Testosterone and... uh, (laughs) Put some dirt on it, guys! (laughs) All right, so... Uh, I know you're down to, I think, your last pick in your fishbowl draft. Maybe you, you've taken it now and it's over. Uh, but we're going to we're gonna run down a few guys, and not necessarily, you know, from the fishbowl perspective, but just I'm going to ask you about people you picked and, and, and their situations. I want to start first in Oakland. And I believe it was your, your first receiver was Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Solid pick, of course. Uh, he goes to a new team in Oakland. Uh Probably a little bit lesser quarterback, a little lesser offensive line, and without the dynamic juju on the other side of him. Uh, he also acted like a weird, really weird guy this offseason between his beard and his dyeing his hair and all the videos and uh, getting jealous of juju. and all. Uh, like he really seemed like he lost his mind. How confident are you that, that Antonio Brown is still going to be a top 12 receiver this season? Yeah, me too. And, uh, I agree with everything you just said in terms of his uh, shenanigans, you know, this offseason, and he just wouldn't shut up, and, you know, with the, the tweets, and and I agree the, the fact that uh, Juju was uh, 
voted the MVP by his teammates. That really hurt him. And, you know, he's just a you know, prima donna, let's face it. But, but the guy is still uh, definitely top 12, uh, probably like top, I don't know, maybe seven or so uh, of wide receivers. I mean, you know, we talk about, you know, uh, not having faith maybe in him, <clears throat> excuse me, performing the way he has in the past. I'm dealing with a cold, so I apologize. I'm not, uh, you know. <laughs> but uh, 104 catches last year, 15 touchdowns. I mean, the guy still has the talent. Now, what we're going to learn a lot about him this season in terms of what type of a teammate is he? Is he the kind of guy that can come into a situation and make the players around him better? Uh, or is he just, you know, a, kind of a, a selfish player that maybe when Derek Carr might not get him the ball uh, in the right spot, you know, or enough, uh, you know, he might turn on him. Like, wh- is he going to make the, the, the guys on his team, is he going to make, uh, you know, Williams, the, the other receiver, any better? Uh, so th- I think we're going to learn a lot, but I still solidly think that he's a, a, not only a top 12, but probably top 10, maybe top 7 wide receiver. Well, I want to switch over a little bit, Joe, to the quarterback position, because this, for those that don't know, this is a super flex league. Um, and you drafted Kirk Cousins. And he's he's fallen surprisingly this year from where I thought he would be. Um, right now on Fantasy Football Calculator, he's all the way down to quarterback 21. Oh, my God. Um, average draft position 13. He's after Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Jimmy Garoppolo, Dak Prescott, et cetera. Um, really, the only ones below him are Trubisky, Stafford, Sam Darnold, and Derek Carr on that site. So um, is he your quarterback one? Or, or quarterback two, and what is it that you like about uh, Kirk Cousins this year that kind of drew you to him? Okay. Well, he's my quarterback two. My number one uh, quarterback was Andrew Luck. Uh, Ooh, so mine too. Uh, I like it. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, and so, uh, I, truth be told, I didn't go into this draft saying, oh, man, I hope that uh, Cousins falls to me. Because he, unfortunately... I took him in the sixth round. I might have waited a little bit too long for that second quarterback. Like you said, it's a super flex league where you're able to play, uh, start that second uh, quarterback. Uh, but right before uh, I took uh, Cousins, uh, Phil Rivers went. And prior to that, in the, in the previous round, uh, you had uh, Dak Prescott, Josh Allen, Roethlisberger, Lamar Jackson, Goff, Breeze. So I really didn't set out to go, to go get Cousins because I got burned on him last year too. But James Coe from The Athletic. Nice follow, right? He, he mentioned that uh, last season, Cousins had 217 quarterback pressures, most in the NFL. Then uh, at FF Ball Blast, Kate Matchia, I hope I'm pronouncing her name right, <laughs> uh, number one completion, completion percentage on play-action passes, number two completion percentage on the pressure. So I don't love uh, Cousins, but I do love uh, the fact that he's got digs. I love Thielen. Uh, I, I think that he could have a little bit of a bounce back. I don't think he should be uh, uh, in, a, in a league where you're starting one quarterback, you're, you know, your quarterback, but in a, in a two-quarterback league, he's okay. Now, like Ryan, and, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I thought you were done. I'm sorry about that. No, I was going to say something stupid like that. You know, you see those Geico commercials? <laughs> <laughs> you ever see those Geico, Geico commercials with, yeah, how's that search? He's all right. well i wanted to do a follow-up because ryan and i were talking and i think you might have came in at the end of that conversation about 
balancing risk players and safe players. Mm-hmm. And I'm still kind of struggling to figure out what Kirk Cousins is in that category because he has Thielen and Diggs. They have a pretty good running game. Um, is he a risky option? Because if one of them go down, I mean, there isn't much left in that passing attack beyond those top two. Or do you think with those two options, he's a pretty safe option if you want to draft a backup quarterback in, in fantasy leagues this year? I think with those two talented wide receivers, he's a safe option. Uh, I wouldn't, like I said, in, in, a, in a league where I'm starting one quarterback, I wouldn't prefer to have him as my starting quarterback. But, you know, they invested a little bit in that offensive line, and I mentioned that, uh, you know, he was under pressure a lot last season. Uh, Kyle Rudolph is back. You know, he's a good uh, pass blocker, uh, give him a little protection there. So, uh, you know, uh, Cook, you know, not really known as a pass-catching back, but can. Uh, so I don't think he's really a risky pick as your number two quarterback. Uh, as your number one, yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah, I kind of think he's in that 12 to 15 range. A lot of the quarterbacks are just so bunched together. It is so deep. The fact that he's 21st or 22nd to me is is kind of criminal uh, with uh, two really elite uh, wide receiver options. You can't like those two guys. I, I went on this rant a couple years ago, Ben Roethlisberger. You can't love all the options and not love the guy throwing them the ball because if they get stats, it's got to come from the quarterback. So uh, I like Cousins. If I, if I was in a league where I really, really waited till the end, the 15th, 17th round, I could stomach him being my number one. But what, what, like you said, would I enjoy it? Probably not. But I don't, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. I do expect to bounce back from him. I expect a pretty good season. Uh, and, I, and I don't believe that he's a risky play as well. I think he's going to have a, a, a nice follow-up season. Let's move. Uh, I don't really want to move here, but let's move to Buffalo. Shuffle uh, off the buffalo. You drafted rookie Devin Singletary. Uh, real dynamic kid, one that a lot of people like. He has got the, the entire nursing home in front of him on the depth <laughs> chart between uh, LaShawn McCoy, you know, Frank Gore, even TJ Yeldon isn't exactly a young man. Uh, McCoy just looked done last year. Gore somehow never ages. Uh, and, and, you know, hell, got way too many carries, in my opinion, off of, of Kenyon Drake last year in Miami. Yeldon is kind of uh, just a vanilla, but he's got a bunch of guys in front of him. But if he sees the field, I really like what you have there in Singletary. Yeah, I, I think by the end of the season, he's probably going to get the majority of carries. Uh, you know, TJ Yeldon, uh, five games with 10 or more carries last season, 3.78 yards per carry. And then in the nine other games where he had ten car- uh, less than 10 carries, 4.3 yards per carry. So what I'm trying to say is that uh, the times that he's been asked to you know, carry the rock, you know, uh, you know, 15, 20 times a game, he hasn't been as effective. Frank Gore had the nice yards per carry last year, and I agree with you, he had too many carries. Kenyon Drake should have been given the ball more. But they're gonna, you know, no, no touchdowns for, uh, for, for Gore, and obviously uh, first ballot Hall of Famer, but you know, what more could you ask for him? And I'm pissed off at LaShawn McCoy for ruining the end of Avengers uh, Endgame uh, on Twitter. Uh, but you're right. He kind of looks fairly dumb. Did he ruin it for you? I saw that he did that. Did you see that? Did yeah, he ruin he it for you? Oh. <laughs> and he it wasn't should be on no fantasy teams this year. He should be on no fantasy teams that's this year. Right, that's right. And I don't even follow him. Somebody else uh, that I follow <laughs> retweeted, and I, and retweeted it, and I uh, saw it by accident. But, uh, yeah, I do, uh, I do like... 
the upside uh, with Singletary. I feel like Bill's going to be a fun team. I was looking one of my last uh, couple of picks, Zay Jones. Zay Jones and, and Allen had a little bit of a connection late last season. Jones, six touchdowns in his last seven games. And, uh, you know, had uh, 56 catches. I'm thinking maybe he might be good for 70. It's a good late-round pick. He's one that I, I really looked at a number of times and then waited one too many rounds. I, I, there is a possibility of him uh, having some fantasy value. Somebody's got to catch the goddamn ball there. I know Allen, they don't ask Allen to throw the ball 35 times all the time, but somebody's got to catch it, and I think Jones is probably their best best option. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Beasley with the uh, short catch is probably right. And, uh, you know, Jones uh, taking advantage of Allen's strong arm. You know, you can see some, uh, some touchdowns there. Steven. I guess he's not going to talk, so I'm going to continue on with our next question. We always like to ask our guest, uh, Joe, at least one question about their favorite team. Uh, I don't know why, but we always seem to do it. I know you're a Giants fan. Uh, o- Odell, out of town. Allen throws a 35. All So what I was saying, with Odell out of town, first of all, were you happy with Odell out of town, Joe, or were you uh, pissed off when they made that trade? Uh, I, I didn't need it. You know, I had pretty much been calling for the Giants to trade him for a couple, couple of years. Uh, I didn't like the uh, the interview that he did on ESPN. Oh, that was ridiculous. his buddy sitting next to him. You know, and then he was asked whether he was happy in New York after he had just signed a what, $90 million contract, and he had to hesitate. You know, the, the lifting of the leg, uh, you know, you have to score the touchdown. It's just uh, too much of a distraction. Uh, you know, you know the, when they were in the, the playoff game, he took the, you know, a few teammates uh, to Florida. You know, I mean, he had them in vacation mode when they should have been in playoff mode. So, uh, you know, look – Odell has all the talent in the world, has the, uh, enough talent to be the number one wide receiver in football, but he's missed a lot of games, has a lot of uh, uh, histrionics uh, attached to him. And it hurt uh, the guy that I took, Sterling Shepard. I took Sterling Shepard in, uh, in uh, the uh, Scott Fishbowl League. And, you know, I, I think he was affecting Shepard negatively because the way that the Giants were kind of almost treating uh, Odell with kid gloves, they weren't really, you know, putting – the kibosh on, on his behavior, and Shepard saw that he was getting away with it, so he was starting to, you know, uh, act up a little bit himself. So, uh, I, you know, uh, wasn't really uh, too upset. I, I, you know, I just, I would have hoped that they would have got just a little bit more for him, but look, you know, other teams knew that the Giants were uh, looking to get rid of him, looking to trade him, so, you know, they weren't going to, you know, just lay down and just give him the best offer so so on Shepard you know it's going to be interesting with him they brought in Golden Tate who traditionally is a you know a true possession receiver uh which Shepard was kind of playing that role with with Beckham around so I guess do you think that Shepard has a shot at and I guess that's a kind of an, an easy question but do you have any expectations of him maybe getting to 80 receptions it's possible I think 70 is more realistic but uh, 80 is, is a possibility. And uh, what uh, Shepard uh, traditionally was with the slot receiver, and so was Golden Tate. But they had started to uh, move Shepard, play him on the outside a little bit, and he's going to have to play the outside a heck of a lot more this season because 
you know, take the, like you said, possession receiver, uh, slot receiver. So, uh, you know, I'm looking for, uh, you know, an uptick in Shepard's uh, performance and production. But don't forget now he's going to have uh, the other team's number one quarterback on him as well. So, uh, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, like I said, 80 is a possibility, 70 is more realistic in terms of receptions on the season. I like Sterling Shepard. But I gotta ask, fingers crossed, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yes. yes. <laughs> All right, show's over now. Good night, both. No, I'm just joking. One last one. A guy that both of us drafted, Greg Olson. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got anything left in the tank? I, I was able to fortunate to get him as my third tight end. I, I was able to get Jared Cook and Hunter Henry um, ahead of him, so I'm not relying on him, but anything from him is a bonus. Right. You think he can bounce back and get one or two more good years? Uh not two, maybe one. <laughs> and the, the thing is, uh, you know, when you, you look at uh, the uh, tight end position, yeah, a little weak. You know, he's my number two tight end in this league. Uh, Austin Hooper was my number one. Uh, I did wait a little later to get tight ends. Uh, you know, once you don't get those top three or four, then, you know, even though that there's a little bump in this Scott Fishbowl league uh, towards tight ends, uh, but... You know, look, uh, I'm thinking that he could have a he could have a, a 60 catch season because really, when you look at what uh, uh, is available there for uh, Cam Newton to throw the ball to, I, I like DJ Moore, I like the uh, athleticism of a Curtis Samuel, but other than that, you know, the, you don't really love too much uh, in terms of the receiving options uh, for the Panthers. So, uh, and yeah, he's a reliable receiver, Olson. So, uh, two years is asking too much. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, he uh, kind of seemed like he, I think he broke his foot twice last year. Didn't know if he was going to come. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, didn't know if he was going to come back. He seems like he's got a future in the booth. So we'll see how much uh, he has left. He also has uh, a good young tight end behind him. Uh, so we'll see. I, I'm not. I don't personally have a, a whole lot of faith in him. Uh, hopefully for you guys, since you both drafted him, you get a decent season out of him. I, I've been staying away so far, and I, I think I'm going to continue to do so. But uh, So, one more time before we uh, we let you go, Joe, give us the, one more rundown of you uh, on the net, please. Okay, so uh, Twitter handle, at Joe Galena, uh, currently writing for the Fantasy Alarm. Uh, do a weekly column, uh, Streaks and Trends, uh, Fantasy Baseball, uh, also, uh, for DFS, uh, write a couple of uh, articles for them as the hitting coach, give you the uh, top hitting plays uh, of the day. Usually comes out on Tuesday and Wednesday. I'm uh, going to be putting through some uh, football articles. Uh, one just came out. Uh, what to do about uh, drafting potential problem players. So check that out. Uh, sign up for the, uh, the NFL uh, package at Fantasy Alarm. You can also hear me on FNTSY Radio. Uh, weekends, Saturday and Sunday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Time. Problem players, is that like Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham? What, is, what exactly are problem players? What are... Yeah, uh, and, uh, th- yeah, those type of guys. And then uh, you're wondering, uh, is Ezekiel Elliott? Can you consider him? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, absolutely. Problem you know, <laughs> he might be the like first that. one. Leonard, uh, Leonard Fournette, how about him? What's going to happen with him this season? Did any of you guys uh, draft him this season? Not yet. No, I, I'm having a hard time doing that. Not yet, and he burned me so bad last year. I don't know if I will, to be honest with you. <laughs> I agree with you. I'm staying away. Yeah. All 
right, Mr. Galena, thank you so much for joining us. We know your time is very valuable, so uh, we definitely appreciate you, you doing that. Uh, looking forward to doing some more stuff with you and with uh, Fighting Chance Fantasy, and I'll see you uh, see you around very soon. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys, for having me. Always a lot of fun talking to you both. You do a great job. Love what you guys do at Fantasy, uh, Fighting uh, Chance Fantasy, and... Uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get to work together again. You know, last year uh, we did those uh, those picks, right? Yeah. Those weekly picks. So you, you guys always find a, a fun way to get together. We will be doing that for sure again this year, so hopefully we'll we'll get you back in there and, and see if you can take that home this year. <laughs> All right. All right. To you guys. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Joe. That's Joe Galena of the FNTSY and, of course, Fantasy Alarm. Find him on Twitter, at Joe Galena. Awesome follow, awesome dude, and definitely one of the very best friends of the show. Damn it, Ryan. What? Doesn't he look good in that shirt? He does. Oh, for you know, you guys are in listen-only mode, but we do this this through Google Hangouts, and so we can see each other. Well, not Ryan. We can't see right, Ryan. Right, not yet. He, did you get that uh, webcam yet? Oh, yeah. I just, have to, uh, just haven't installed it yet. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but anyways, um, he had his Fighting Chance shirt on and looked so good in it, so... Glad that he could, uh, you know, come with us and spend a little bit of time. Like you said, we always have, love having Joe Galena on board here. So let's, uh, boy, it's 10.38 already. That was a fast uh, first 40 minutes. Let's go over some more news, as I, you know, as we say here in mid-July. Different guys that we want to talk about. Uh, a lot of coach speak and other stuff going on. And, of course, coaches are never going to say anything bad about their players. But a guy that I've uh, I've, I've fought the uh, the hype on for a couple of years is Austin Hooper, tight end of the Atlanta Falcons. As Coach Dan Quinn comes out and says in a contract year he's ready to go to another level, whichever that means. Uh, last year, solid solid season, seventy one catches, six hundred sixty yards, four touchdowns. A little disappointing, uh, but overall a pretty good season for a tight end, especially given the line, landscape of the tight end last year. Do you think that Austin Hooper can take it to another level this year? I do. I mean, in his three years, he's gone up in targets every year, 27 to 65 to 88, up in receptions, of course. You're going to see that with the increase in targets. The touchdowns have remained relatively stable, but I think he still has that next level around the end zone. Um, and I think he can even push for a little bit more than that 71 catches. You know, honestly, in that offense, they're losing Tevin Coleman. They got Devontae Freeman, who is um, coming back from injury and, and maybe not the safest pick. He's a good player, don't get me wrong, but he's an injury risk. And really, behind Julio Jones and, and Ridley, Kelvin Ridley, he's going to be one of the main focuses of that offense. They brought in Mike Malarkey who should help him a lot when it comes to tight end development. I think that, that he can take that next step level. I think he can get six to seven touchdowns this year, maybe see a slight bump in, in catches and yards. And, and look, his yards per catch went down last year. I think with Malarkey having a, a role in that offense this year a little bit, I think he can see that jump back up. He went from 14.3 his rookie year. That was unlimited production, but 10.7 yards per reception to 9.3 last year. If he can increase his touches or catches, get back up to that 10, you know, 10 plus yards per reception and add a few touchdowns, we're cooking with fire here a little bit. I, I really like Austin Hooper this year. I will say this because I know you were really curious to see if I was going to come around on him this year. 
I drafted him in the fishbowl, so he I, I come around on him enough that I have put him on my team. He is my tight end, my second tight end. I did take Hunter Henry as my first tight end. Uh, I don't know that I see the receptions going up past seventy one. Uh, maybe I can give you seventy five. You know, I'm, I'm not going to give you much of a bump there, but I do think the um, the yardage and definitely the touchdowns. That's where I think we can uh, we can see the bump. Uh, obviously, Julio Jones, who my feelings about are well documented. Uh, I don't know that I expect him to score as many t- touchdowns as they did last year. So that's where I think Hooper's going to pick up a couple uh, touchdowns where uh, where Jones is going to lose some. So I could see the six to seven uh, touchdowns as well. So I think I do think he's going to have a very fine season. I do think he will be one of the top twelve tight ends. This year, still not my favorite, but uh, I do expect more for him than I did last year. Oh, I think he's going to be, right now what's surprising, he is down on Fantasy Football Calculator, and maybe they haven't updated it. He's their tight end 15. To me, he should be top 10. Top 12 for sure, but to me, top 10. So if you get Austin Hooper any time out of that top 10 or 12, you got yourself a steal, man. Okay. We'll see. I, I like I said. I, I, I do like him. Let's disagree. We're not disagreeing. We're not disagreeing. We don't have to battle for this one. No, and we're not sure. battling. I, I'm struggling. I'm struggling because, yeah, I do think. I mean, again, I'm gonna work uh, finish up the rankings, but I do think he's going to be. Uh, you know, he's gonna be definitely, definitely the top twelve. We'll see top ten, uh, but it's. Uh, I want to like him. More than I do, but we'll see. Let's let's move because I think this one's going to be quick. Uh, a source close. We're going to stick with tight end. A source close to Rob Gronkowski puts his chances of playing in nineteen at forty percent. I mean, come on. In a redraft league, you're not looking at Rob Gronkowski at all, right? I mean, come on. It, he's not going to play. You're doing, if you're doing early drafts like this. Um, and they have a little bit deeper bench, sure. I'll spend a, a last-round pick on them. Um, but I am not going to invest any kind of capital on a guy right now that that is a 40% chance of playing. I, I really don't. And, and even if he does, he's an injury risk waiting to happen. Now, sure, if you get him as you know a, a last three-round pick and he plays, you're going to get yourself a steal. But I, I think those chances should be a lot less than 40 yeah, I, I just don't see this happening. Uh, I don't see him coming back. One, uh, like you said, even if he does, he's an injury risk. I, I really, I mean, he retired pretty quickly after the Super Bowl. They had been rumoring it for a while. He's had some back problems. Uh, so I think he, he is 100% done. And to me, one other point, and like you said, it's early drafts or whatever, but especially given the landscape of fantasy football lately and the way that the injury bug seems to have been biting every position more lately than than it had in previous years. Every single roster spot to me in fantasy football is important. Uh, I don't think you can really just throw one away. Between bye weeks and injuries, uh, it's not like fantasy baseball where you sit there and you play one lineup and, and you just go. I mean, once bye weeks start... There's weeks that you're struggling just to put a team together, never mind a, a good team together. So to, to, to take a roster spot on a guy like Gronkowski, to me, is uh, is fool's play at this point. Oh, and especially the deeper the league you go, because like you said, if you're in a 
12-team league, but let's just say a 15-team league, that's where you're really struggling to field the lineup every week, and so you need your bench to have players that you can plug in there if you need to. If it's a 10, I guess maybe I'll say this. If it's a 10-team league and you want to take a chance because there's always people available on the waiver wire in a 10-team league, maybe I can get behind that. Um, probably wouldn't do it in a 12 and definitely wouldn't do it in a 15-team league, though. Going over to Denver, um... Emmanuel Sanders so far has stayed off the uh, the pup list, which would force him to miss the first six games of the season. I've I've watched some videos online of him uh, in practice, stutter stepping, cutting. Everything looks great. Uh, not a young man by any stretch, but uh, he certainly looks like, as of now, again July 18th, when there's not a lot of news, it looks like he's got a shot to to start week one. I feel better about him, and, and I didn't draft him in, in the fishbowl at all. Uh, and he, he fell pretty late. I'm not sure what his ADP is right now, but I'm sure it's pretty far, far down. Uh, I think in early drafts right now, given where he's going, I think right now he is a steal. Well, it depends on where you can get him. Right now, he's going as wide receiver 47 in fantasy football calculator in the 10th round. Yeah, that's so he's steal. going as a low-end wide receiver four um is that a spot where you think it's a steal yeah i do yeah for your fourth wide receivers emmanuel sanders absolutely yes i do think that's a steal well let me ask you this guy coming off a major injury denver last year finished at six and ten um they got a new quarterback in the house with joe flacco do you think denver sees themselves as a team that can compete this year or do you think that Denver is a team that's going to try to focus on developing their young players this year? Because, look, they have, you know, um, uh, Cortland Sutton, who is an up-and-coming young wide receiver. Mm-hmm. They have Deshaun Hamilton, that's an up-and-coming wide receiver. They have Tim Patrick. They drafted Noah Fant, um, with the tight end out of Iowa this year. And, and they drafted a new quarterback that, while Flacco will start the season, who knows if he will finish the season, um, in Drew Locke. So the youth movement has began in Denver. So my question is, is an aging receiver coming off a major injury on a team that looks like they're poised to start their youth movement worth a fourth fourth wide receiver? I don't know if I, if I want to personally. I mean, I understand where you're coming from because he's a good receiver when he plays. Um, I don't necessarily think I want to take the chance on him, though. I really don't. Well, here's what I'll say, and and you're right. They have young players all over the world, all over the field, right now. But to be honest, when I watched Cortland Sutton and I watched Deshaun Hamilton, I wasn't overly impressed. To you know, to be quite honest, obviously they're both rookies. Uh, they have chances to improve, uh, but right now, I mean, Denver's not going to go into Week One throwing in the towel so i think if he can start the season and and start it well why wouldn't they play him i mean you can play three wide receivers plenty i i think uh you know if he's ready week one he'll be in there i think the other guys honestly you know and they're going to improve you would think at least uh they're both you know reasonably high draft picks but neither one neither one thrilled me uh last year so Right now, yeah, I expect uh, I expect Sanders to be out there if he's healthy. You know, to your defense, I will agree with you because Cortland Sutton 
is one of those guys that he's a big guy. He's not a burner. He works well in space. So if you need that guy that can go up and win the jump ball in the red zone, um, you know, something on a sideline out, I, I think he can do well with that. Deshaun Hamilton is a good guy that can work out of the slot. When it comes to, to Sanders, he can kind of do – he's their experienced route runner. You know, I, And I do want to – like I said, I'm, I'm kind of echoing what you're saying. He does something that those other two doesn't, that he can run a variety of different routes, keep defenses on their toes. So maybe you maybe come around a little bit. I'm still a little bit leery of him, uh, you know, with, like I said, with health and a role and, and things like that. But he does do offer something that the other ones don't. I guess I should say that and agree with you on that part. All right. Uh, I'm agreeing with you too much tonight. I don't. I don't know what's going on with us, but we're agreeing too much. Maybe you've been drinking too much. I got ice water that I'm just finishing. I have ice water too. Let's go. Maybe because we're sober, we're agreeing. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, we need to get drunk and smash each other on the next podcast. Well, next week we have Jen Smith on, so I guarantee there'll be some alcohol flowing in that one. There always there is. Go. There always you know, is. One. And I, like always, will team up against you, I hate and we'll that. all have a, such a good time doing it. <laughs> I hate that. All right. <laughs> Here's another team that I can't – I'm having a hard time wrapping my uh, my arms around, and that's Arizona. Absolute tire fire last year. Uh, it is everything went wrong from start to finish. David Johnson injury to the very last game of the year. Uh, they bring in Cliff Kingsbury as their coach. He's about 11 years old, but is in you know one of these newfangled offensive geniuses who is supposed to revolutionize the team and revolutionize the NFL. Uh, there's a quote out of, of uh, Larry Fitzgerald is just very impressed with the the new offense. Uh, how it's run, the the tempo of it. So it appear, appears, at least, that we're going to see something different out of Arizona clearly than we saw last year. They do have a rookie quarterback. You know, he was first overall pick. The Arizona clearly liked him so much they dumped last year's number one pick. Well, not one overall, in tenth overall, but their first round pick in Josh Rosen sent him out of town after one year, which he at times didn't look that bad. So clearly they're very sold on Kyler Murray. Personally, I'm not as much. Uh, David Johnson's coming back. You know, got Fitzgerald and, and the cast of characters. Where do you stand on the Arizona uh, skill players this year? Do you give them a bump because of the new offense, or are you a little leery because of so many new moving parts? Well, I'm going to give them a bump, and here's why. Because a lot of people out there draft based on last year's results. Yep. If you're in leagues with people who are you know kind of average fantasy football players and that a lot of them are like ah Arizona was horrible last year I'm going to stay away it all comes down to volume in, in terms and in you know kind of in that same quote they talked about how Arizona ran the second fewest plays last year that's not going to happen this year with Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray under center they're going to run a lot more plays which even if they're not a ton productive it's still going to be more yards more receptions um, and so on. So I think David Johnson is going to see a bump this year. You know, a lot of people have him going fifth or sixth right after those top four. I have no problems with that. We've seen David Johnson can be a stud in fantasy right after. I still worry a little bit because Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk are both kind of the same player. Christian Kirk will take over that slot role once Larry Fitzgerald retires. Um, but right now, other than them, they have a, a rookie in Andy and Isabella and Hakeem Butler um, who can kind of run on the outside. So I do worry about the receivers a little bit. That being said, 
I still think they're going to be fine, and they're going to find a way to to make it work. I think Fitzgerald will have an okay year. Doesn't have the upside of some, but he's a, a pretty safe pick. Um, if I had to pick one other person in that in that offense, though, other than David Johnson, I still am at kind of a loss to who it'll be because I don't think it'll be Christian Kirk unless Larry Fitzgerald gets hurt. So, personally, give me Larry Fitzgerald. And then I'm going to roll the dice on Andy Isabella. He's going to be my my second potential breakout just because he brings something that Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk doesn't. And where are you uh, on? Are you comfortable drafting Kyler Murray as your QB one in a one quarterback league? I think I would have him as a borderline quarterback one because I think he is going to get a ton of rushing yards, um, not necessarily for his passing production. But I really think that if you drafted him and say that quarterback 9 to 12 range, I think you're going to get solid production based off what he can do with his legs there. Yeah, I I think I have him outside of my top 12. Not far. I think he's a phenomenal second quarterback, but I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around him being my, my starting quarterback. Well, it's hard to put a rookie – quarterback up there that high in the rankings it really is and i understand and and really if you look at his passing targets um there's a lot of question marks there after larry fitzgerald so i understand why people are a little hesitant but man just look at you know how good the the josh allen was last year because of his rushing production who? lamar I'm jackson sorry? because who, who? Well, because josh allen yeah, i'm not saying he's a good NFL quarterback. You will never hear me say that. But a fantasy quarterback, I've admitted that because of his rushing production, he can be good. Same with Lamar Jackson. You know, going back, it's overplayed, but going back to the Tim Tebow days, those quarterbacks that can rush bring value to the fantasy production, and he may be the best thrower out of all three of those other quarterbacks that I mentioned. I'm with you on the uh, the uh, David Johnson also, by the way. I have no problem with him as your fifth, the fifth overall pick. All right, last topic before we exit for the week. Uh, this is another very, very polarizing player if you're on fantasy football Twitter, and that is uh, Derrick Henry uh, reporting that the uh, offensive coordinator, Art Smith, has says that he intends to ride contract year uh, Derrick Henry this season. Uh, you know, he had a big second half last year marked by that uh, that dynamite Thursday night game against Jacksonville was like 234 yards and four touchdowns and I got in a discussion a couple days ago on Twitter with with uh, Kevin Tompkins from our site and and J Mike from the open bar and like somebody else that that was saying good things about him I don't want any part of Derrick Henry at his ADP uh I think he's a a boomer bust guy I think Deion Lewis is going to bounce back some this year I don't think he's going to be fantastic but I don't think he's going to be the disaster he was last year and, you know, that run that Henry had was a bit against a bunch of garbage teams. Uh, in Jacksonville that night, could not want to be on the field any less. He was doing grandma stiff arms, and guys were just going down left and right. They, they had no no desire to play. Uh, he's not sneaking up on anybody this year. I, I think he's being overdrafted right now. Ride him or not, I, I, I just, I don't, first of all, I don't have a lot of faith in the entire Tennessee offense, but... I think Derrick Henry's a decent player, but at his current draft position, I, I'll pass. Well, let me ask you this question, okay. and we're going to break it down this way. You are the head coach of the Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. You have Marcus Mariota at quarterback, Ugh. along with Corey Davis and A.J. Brown. 
is your your top receivers. You got some other receivers there as well, and then you got Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis as your running backs. If you were to say I'm going to create my team and I'm going to try to 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 focus on the passing game or the rushing game to get my offense going, what are you going to pick? Well, I think the quarterback is complete garbage, so I'm going to focus on the running game. Okay. And, and to me, I agree. I would do the same thing. I, I worry about Mariota. Um, you got Corey Davis, who hasn't really proved anything yet. You have A.J. Brown, who looks very good. I think he's going to be a really good NFL player, but still a rookie coming in. Delaney Walker coming off an injury. So you have some question marks in the in the passing game. So I'm with you. So Deion Lewis really hasn't shown much since, what, one year in New England, two years in New England. I don't think he's really all that great of a back. To me, if I'm going to run this team, I would run the hell out of 12 personnel. I'd put Derek Lewis, or, uh, Derek Henry, excuse me, Derek Henry in the backfield. I'd put two tight ends out there with John Smith and, and Delaney Walker. And then I would have A.J. Brown and, and um, Corey Davis on the outside as well. you got two guys in tight ends that can both help with blocking and receiving options. And you can lean heavily on Henry. you got extra blockers in there. I think he is a guy that you're going to see really good things from this year. I'm a lot higher on him than you are. I, I'm telling you. And I would run 12 personnel 75% of the time if I was if I was uh, in Tennessee there. In theory, that all sounds very good. I, I can't agree with you. I mean, I can't disagree with you on any of those points. That all makes sense. Uh Sense doesn't always actually, you know, play out. Uh, this is a this is more of a, a gut feel for me. I, I've just watched him run into the middle of the line a lot. You know, he, he, like I said, he had some some great games last year. It's not that I think he sucks. I think he's getting drafted before. I, I think he's probably in the third or fourth round, right? If you, I know you have ADP pulled up. Uh, yeah, I was just young quarterback, so while you talk, I'll put it to run. Okay. Yeah, that's it's it's more of that. Of you know where you have to take him in the draft, then then I think he's garbage. If I could have him as my late second, yeah, I guess as my late second running back, I'm on board. But I see him going earlier than than I like. He's going running back fifteen. Yeah, too soon. But his average draft position has gone up to two eleven right no, now. No, thank you. So that's I mean that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Uh, I know you would take it, and let's just do this real quick because we got one or two minutes left. The guy's after him. Yep. Derrick Henry or Marlon Mack? Marlon Mack. I know you're going to take Aaron Jones over Definitely. here. Definitely. So we'll Love Aaron Jones. Him. Do we take Freeman or Derrick Henry? I think Freeman. Okay. Josh Jacobs or Josh or Derrick Henry? Ooh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I might well, let just, just in the boat of where it's going. Yeah, yeah. I, I might go Henry there, just as the, the uncertainty of, of Jacobs. So I think in, in the next couple are like Kerryon Johnson, Mark Ingram. I like Mark Ingram a lot. They're the next three. Would you say that they're all in the same boat kind of as is Derek, Derek Henry, though, the same grouping? Yeah, yeah, that round I'd probably take a wide receiver. So what you're saying is, yep, the middle of the third is roughly where you take him, but you would go wide receiver. See, yeah. to me, I would take him anywhere in the third. Um, and I would consider a receiver, too, but don't get me wrong. It depends on who's available and what my first two rounds look like. But I'm definitely higher on Henry than you are. Well, that's good, because it's no good to just listen to two people agree for an hour. So I'm glad that we got a couple disagreements out there. But one thing we can agree on is, of course, our great guest, Joe Galina. Thank him again for coming on the show. Again, please follow him on Twitter at Joe Galina. 
Find them on the FNTSY network on the weekend. It was Saturday and Sunday. I believe it was 9 to 12. And, of course, on Fantasy Alarm, giving you some uh, DFS baseball. It's got some football articles coming out. So get their draft guide. I actually have two articles in there as well if you want to uh, go and dig into some Dynasty stuff. I wrote a couple articles there. And uh, like I said, next week, Jen Smith of the Fantasy Authority will join us. Is one of our, We just hit one of our favorites, followed by another one of our favorites right after that. So really looking forward to next Thursday. So please don't miss that. Steven, anything big planned for the weekend, my friend? Uh, no. Uh, like I said, our plans just changed. Um, so we have plans to make. But isn't it funny how we have a lot of favorites? It seems like every week it's that's one true. of our favorites that's on there. So that's one thing I love about this industry. The people are so great. You know, we become so close with a lot of them that uh, that we have a lot of favorites, and I like that about us. Yeah, I know. I almost want to, like, start doing two shows a week to get all these people on, you know, between our, our old, good old faithfuls that we haven't even asked, like Steve Gardner and Howard Bender and Bob Harris and all the – we haven't had any of Maybe them I'll on. I'll ask Howard when I get to see him in person you'll, in a couple weeks. You'll see him <laughs> and Bob at the same time. I'm sorry I'll be in San Diego in the sun. <laughs> hey, San Diego's pretty damn nice, too. So, uh, so yeah, it, it is tough. It's tough to uh, – to get everybody on, so we of course we're going to have nothing but favorites for for the next few months. So of course, don't miss any week. But uh, I guess with that, we'll we'll exit stage left for the week. Thank you for joining us to the Fighting Chance Fantasy Show. Of course, follow Steve on Twitter at FantasyGeek37. I'm at Fighting Chance. So until next Thursday at 10 p.m., this is Ryan Allen for Steve Rappin. It's the Fighting Chance Fantasy Show. Good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. I was waiting for that.